I want to start by saying we're very privileged to have some time to speak with Dr. Michael Harrison. Um, he's an MD. He is also a professor of surgery and pediatrics and the director emeritus of the Fetal Treatment Center at the University of California in San Francisco. But I think most importantly, or most important title would be the father of fetal surgery, as many consider you. So I just want to know when and how did you first get interested in fetal therapy? Well, First of all, I think the most important title is the father of Todd Tenley. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true, too. Okay, now back to serious stuff. Second most important so, title, okay. father of fetal surgery. <laughs> oh, and then you ask. So how did you first get into fetal therapy in general? Okay, so I'm a pediatric surgeon, but very early in the whole training business, uh, when I first started surgery, mm -hmm. uh, uh, at the Mass General in Boston, I was an uh, incredibly green <laughs> intern. And on my first rotation, I was with a, pediat a fabulous pediatric surgeon who happened to do a case of uh, congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am, I know absolutely nothing. And this kid comes out, and, and uh, Hardy does this beautiful surgery on the kid so it fixes the diaphragm and the kid goes back to the nursery and I'm the intern so I have to look after him you know <laughs> day and night and he dies mm. you know after I think just that first night <clears throat> wow and I was so naive that I, that I said wait a minute why did this baby die we did everything for him it was beautiful surgery it's beautiful care and he died um, and and the answer of course everybody knows now is that the lungs too damn small? Uh, and and so I <laughs> I said to Hardy Hendren, this famous surgeon, I said, you know, we have to fix these things before birth <laughs> so that the lung will be big enough at the time the kid needs to take that first breath that he can survive. Mm -hmm. And Hardy just about fell over <laughs> because no one had ever even considered that. Now, all these great people, no one had ever considered the obvious thing that you had to do some things before birth in order to get an effect at birth. So that's how it got started. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think that that's been very pivotal in how a lot of the approaches to all the new therapies have been is how early can we get this fixed? And now, you know, seeing some of these sessions here at IFMSS about gene therapy and how we're going back even earlier and we're going to correct it at a molecular level. So, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I just love it. That's why I love coming to this meeting because... Uh, I see things that I never would have dreamed. Yeah. That stuff that Dippy McKenzie does with yeah. and all the gene jockeys. I'm like, <laughs> gene jockeys. I like that. <laughs> they get their own nickname. So what would you say is your proudest accomplishment in this field of medicine? I guess just introducing the concepts. Yeah. You know, that you had to do things before birth. And then uh, it was, it took 10 years after that first insight to gather the material necessary to actually push the enterprise and of course that mm -hmm. initially was all research so yeah. developing the fetal lamb model and just lots of early first steps uh, it, when there was no precedent mm 
Mm -hmm. So I think that's just sort of getting it on the map. Yeah, kind of being the founding idea master. (laughs) And then this is probably a very loaded, long question to ask, but how have you seen this field evolve since you started? Oh, my God. In my time, when I was active, it, it had a huge evolution, which is beautiful to see. So it went from, you know, uh, the concept of doing something before birth to actually doing it mm-hmm. in animals and then actually doing it in people. And then it blossomed into doing it for more and more indications. Mm-hmm. Because originally we just had a couple stupid anatomic problems to fix, but p- people kept adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. So uh, in the first decade or two decades, yeah. uh, there were all kinds of new indications, and that's that's the evolution. Yeah. And of course, it's gone way beyond that now. But we, yeah, well, and I think that that's, I mean, something I'm even seeing and recognizing as I start my medical career of things morphing from other fields and utilizing crossover of some of these things that have already been developed in another specialty that could be used in fetal therapy or could be used instead of having to recreate the wheel. Absolutely. So the thing we talked about before was all the uh, microbiology that's mm-hmm. contributed to these new ways of thinking about curing diseases before birth, even at a genetic level. But uh, even before that, mm-hmm. there was the injection into our field of expertise that we weren't used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking specifically of engineering. So bioengineering, yeah, biomechanics, bio, you know, this, the engineers yeah. came on board. They didn't have to be docs. They didn't have to be mm-hmm. surgeons, but they contributed tremendously. And I, I think even now in, in, in my time, the most uh, productive <laughs> marriage made in heaven is when surgeons, perinatologists, get together with uh, uh, engineers. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I mean, in our experience in Austin, I think we've actually had a better experience when the engineers aren't doctors because their level of knowledge for, we can tell them the problem, but they told us, you know, we don't know the problems, but we probably have the solutions. And so the fact that their knowledge is just so deep in that area. And remember, that's a fairly recent phenomenon of uh, engineers crossing over in training yeah. Yeah. to be doctors and surgeons yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely more big things coming. So that kind of yeah. leads me into my final question of where do you kind of see the future of fetal surgery? Well, the, the obvious answer is what we've talked about mm-hmm. before is at a molecular level. So we're going to do things that used to be done anatomically. We'll do them at a molecular level. The previous, uh, if you'd asked me this a number of years ago, I would say the leap was from open surgery to minimally invasive surgery mm-hmm. and needle-based surgery and ultrasound-guided yeah. surgery. But now we've really gone beyond that. Yeah. It's Even earlier, even smaller. Yeah, and, and molecular. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. It's yeah. just a different enterprise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really oh, appreciate nice it. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Harrison. And uh, this is Aaron Moe signing off. Okay. (laughs) And that's Ken waiting over there to sign up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)